Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. Now I'm just gonna keep taking pictures of our T-Rexes. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna make them hug. They're hugging. Aww. Because it's us, and we're so happy to be here. Oh my God, that's beautiful. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, dear listeners, to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Tome. <laughs> Hi from. <laughs> it's it's been a whole year, and and uh, Wendy and I are sitting on a sidewalk outside of Fantastic Fest, and Wendy. It's like we never stopped. It's like we never left Fantastic Fest, <laughs> and Wendy has T Rexes. Wendy is and... very happy with her T. Oh, it's going to eat the Alamo now. Oh, oh excellent, God. excellent. Arr, arr, arr. <laughs> So once again, we are in Austin, Texas for Fantastic Fest at the Alamo Draft House. Eight days of pure movie watching. Did and we see Oh, welcome to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I said that. Okay, I was busy with the T-Rexes. Yes, Sorry. you were. And I'm not even drunk yet. I'm just giddy. I'm just giddy. I know. It's great. It's, it's Geek Hanukkah. Yes, it's eight, here. Eight days. Eight days. Eight days. And presents every day. Yes. yes. And we started off with Jojo Rabbit, just to add to the Jewish theme. Fucking yay! <laughs> Jojo Rabbit. All right, so, so. Um, full disclosure, I do... Wendy works for the fest. So, um, I just want to be clear about that. But that, that said, I fucking love that movie. It was great. So, uh, Jojo Rabbit, it will be coming soon to uh, the large theaters, um, probably within a couple weeks, because they've been showing the... Oh, the trailers have been everywhere. Yeah, the trailers have been everywhere, directed by Taika Waititi of uh, Thor, Thor Ragnarok, Ragnarok fame. And, of course, what we do in the shadows. And, and uh, uh, Hunt, Hunt for, for the, the Wilder People. People. Yeah. And Taika Waititi was here. Along with Stephen Merchant. Along with Stephen Merchant. And having a Q&A with Taika Waititi. Wow, that's a thing. Yeah, it's like hurting a thousand distracted ferrets. <laughs> Poor Everett was just like, I'm, I'm just going to let you be you, which was the right thing to do. And it's yes. not like Everett was in any way, like, not charmed. But, but, but boy, you know, within 30 seconds, he had his shoes off and he's running around the theater and <laughs> chanting epithets about Richard Linklater. Yes. <laughs> and Something about the chairs weren't, the te- were very Texas chairs. And breaking the, um, <laughs> the microphone stands, <laughs> pretending to be Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Yeah. In between, you know, saying things about making Jojo Rabbit. But yeah. Um, Jojo Rabbit is. It is a charming coming of age comedy, kind of. I will agree with Taika. It's not that it's a comedy, it's just a really heartfelt story that happens to be funny. Yes. Yes. And it's got his sensibilities, which I love, which 
part of why I love his sensibility is that it's similar to my own. Like you might say, her like the mother character is too precious and too cute and uh-huh. too clever with how she's interacting with them. But that's actually how I interact with my kid. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think that's more I think that that is not unusual to interact with your kid in a very playful fashion. Yeah. And so it just so his sensibility just makes me happy because it it sort of feels like I'm at home. Well, here's the thing, you know, under a less skilled writer, first of all, this this would be a very cut and dried movie about Nazis. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the tug at the heartstrings Holocaust picture, basically. But, yeah. You know, it, but it's it's not. It's it's very funny. It's heart, very heartwarming. It's about this 10-year-old kid who is um, Hitler Youth, but he... Fanatic. He's a fanatic, but he's kind of into it for the costumes and the well, I the mean, cool-looking stuff and not really thinking it through. Which, let's be honest, that's why most people are into... Well, it's a group to belong to. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> it feels funny to say it in this context of, look, this is not a group I've ever been a part of and I'm going to have a... I'm going to espouse a theory about it, mm-hmm. which we know is a bad thing to do when we're talking about, oh, other cultures than our own. But in terms of white supremacists, I feel like it really is just about finding a club. Yeah, yeah. It's, and at least for, like, and I yeah, know that d- that's... Disenfranchised people looking for something to yeah. make them feel better and, about themselves. And look, it's a fancy uniform, and we have a chant, and I have a sense of belonging, mm-hmm. and I feel good about myself. Yeah. Like, so it's this little 10-year-old kid who's taken up in this whole thing, and it, you know, within the first... 20 minutes of the setup of the movie you know he he he's in an accident he he kind of gets away from the Hitler youth and he winds up being at home a lot more and finds out that there's a young lady living in his walls <laughs> yes a young girl who's a Jew and he doesn't want to tell his mother cuz he he's not she's not supposed to know that he knows he can't tell uh, anybody in the party because he knows that if he does that, his mother will be killed for harboring a Jew. And so he's kind of caught... Well, I love the idea... Yeah, with the, in, the, in the house with this young lady, and they're... I love the idea that... Because you find out late in the movie... Spoiler! Uh... The father that he thought was off fighting in the war was actually fighting in the resistance. Yeah. And the mother obviously is is resisting because there's a Jew living in yeah. her house. Yeah, she's she is harboring. She's harboring this a, young girl. a Jew, a Jewish young woman. And but if you have a child, yeah, like that's what I find fascinating is they have this fanatical child and they have to let the child be that way because if they try to alter the child yeah the child could give something away right and so she talks honestly to the child about like Germany is losing the war honey like this is just pragmatism yeah but 
to be a member of the resistance and have your child become a fanatic and to have to let them be that way. Yeah. That's, like, it makes perfect sense, and it's also horrifying. Yeah. So, you know, inter- this is this is a very smart movie. Oh, God, yeah. Um, very heartfelt moments. Um, and it's, it's another great thing that's been done by what Taika Waititi. Yeah. Great, crazy motherfucker that he is. Oh. Wow, he was, he's a thing. I mean, and I think we knew that, <laughs> yeah. right? I, I, I think we interviews. knew that. We I want to be, I want to be clear. He was on brand. This is not any sort of, like, this is what he does in interviews. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. A distracted ferret, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. An adorable distracted ferret. Yes. And Stephen Merchant should always be his co like, his st- not straight man? Not straight man? Is he a straight man? I don't know. Oh, but there's some sort of weird comedy synchronicity there. Yeah. Also, I do want to pause to point out that Alfie... Oh, I'm forgetting his last name, but... Theon Greyjoy. Theon. Theon's in this. With he Sam is. Rockwell. In, in, in a tiny little role. Theon Greyjoy is delightful. His, <laughs> was, little, his little hype man moment yes. with Sam Rockwell was yes. the cutest thing. He's like, He's Captain K! He whips off his jacket. Yes. It was hilarious. And uh, Sam Rockwell's beautiful. He's, Sam He's Rockwell. wonderful. I yeah, God you know damn, what? I love him. And and Rebel Wilson and Scarlett Johansson's wonderful. It's like everybody is doing great character work. Yeah. Really great character actor work. Yeah. Sam Rockwell, I could watch him all day. Yeah. He's amazing in this. Yeah. Just amazing. Yeah. So, um, so anyway. Next up is... Tammy and the T-Rex. This is... This was my one Fantastic Fest must-have, was to watch this film with you, Melissa, and get drunk. And I'm so <laughs> excited. I am so excited. Tammy and the T-Rex is, what, 1987, 1990, somewhere in there? Directed by the same person who did Mac and Me. Yes! I feel like it's later than that, because doesn't it have a Paul, Paul Walker? Am I right? Maybe, I- but, you know, he, he was young once. Yeah, but there's young, and then there's... Baby. Anyway, we're going to go see Tammy I'll and the T-Rex, and I am very excited about this hot mess that we're about to walk in. We should start drinking now. We should. Okay, dear listeners, we're going to go start drinking. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hello, we're back. Hello, and Wendy has been photographing our toy dinosaurs in... In flagrante delecto. delecto yes. yes. <laughs> Honestly, we, that's what's happening. We just saw Tammy and the T-Rex, both of us for the first time, <laughs> starring... Denise Richards. And Paul Walker. Oh, my God. And an animatronic dinosaur. Oh, my God. I love, I love that it literally was, hey, I've got access to an animatronic dinosaur for a week. What do you want to do with it? Let's make a movie about an animatronic dinosaur that gets a brain from Paul Walker via Mad Scientist. So it really is an animatronic dinosaur it's with just... a human brain running around, squashing people, but also in love with Denise Richards. Yeah, and maybe having sex? Yeah, I don't know. They They were looking pretty... Like, well, and then there was a line I can tell she's been with him by the way she walks 
Did you just say that? There's a lot of did you just say that in this movie. Oh, God, there is. And the the, the, the blatant, the blatant gay stereotype, because it is, what, 93? Something like that. And, uh, yeah, there, Denise Richards, her best friend is a gay black man with the most fantastic wardrobe. Oh, he looks amazing all the time. He does, always. What the hell is she wearing? Though? I don't know. Whoever the uh, customer was on this film was having a really great time. Yeah. With her and with uh, uh, her gay best friend and with, um, let's see, like the other chicky poo. Yeah, like the weird, the weird side chicks. Yeah, the weird yeah. side chicks. But she wore to a funeral a red crushed velvet dress with a black shrug with a black shrug and a huge hat huge hat and then there's this chain belt with crosses hanging off of it (laughs) and the black and the red velvet dress is long in the back but it is tucked up in the front to be very short to make sure we show off her legs i'm i just i kept turning to melissa being like what is she wearing what is that? Oh, and then the scientist with her weird, like, little boob oh, harness? With the, with the, with the boob arcs. She had the decolletage, like, strapped in. Oh, with so much cleavage. Wow. And, and then these two little tiny straps that just, like, it was all boob, but these two straps that sort of met in the middle and curved around the inside, kind of like... Like if you if you imagine the McDonald's logo going over somebody's breasts, but it's yeah, but the breasts are exposed. But the breasts are exposed. Yeah, yeah. And then the weird sort of zip down skirt that didn't zip all the way down, so that you could see her panties. It was that, but that was although although when she was running away and had to like keep shoving down (laughs) the hemline of her skirt, so it didn't just right up and show her ass as she's running away. And then and then do you remember when we? So, listeners... Dear, dear listeners, the plot of this movie is... Denise Richards <laughs> likes... is in high school or college. I don't know. No, I feel like it's... it's high school? I, I don't know. I feel like it's college. College? In, he, she's in college. She likes Paul Walker, who is Mr. Clean Cut... And uh, she has this ex-boyfriend who won't leave her alone. He's like, you're mine! And he's abusive, and he's mean dude. And he and Paul Walker are fighting. And, but Denise Richards really likes Paul Walker. And, like, screw you, Brian, or whatever his name was, the, the ex-boyfriend. Screw you, Brad! I don't know what his and name then, was. And so uh, Paul Walker gets kidnapped by a bad guy and left in <laughs> a wild animal park where they apparently yes. just l- let wild large cats wander around unfettered like lions and jaguars and so they leave him in the wild animal park to get killed by a lion which he does but while he goes comatose he's in a hospital where he's kidnapped by a mad scientist and his two cohorts sexy lady and strongman guy Oh, and he has a third cohort, which is like nerdy little Weasley computer little computer guy. Guy, and Paul Walker's brain is whisked off to the laboratory where is it, where there is this animatronic dinosaur, where they intend to put his brain in the animatronic dinosaur to prove to prove 
that a human, that a brain in a robot body could be immortal. Right. And things go awry. Yes. As they so often do in these cases. So, wow, Wendy. I, okay, I had one need for Fantastic Fest this year. <laughs> and I told this to Melissa. I, I was like, Melissa, so help me God, we are going to watch Tammy and the T-Rex together while drinking. This is all I want. There's, I mean, I want Fantastic Fest, but this has to happen. And it was everything... I wanted and more. It just... It was so fun. There was a moment where I just threw my arms out wide because I wanted to hug the screen with how gleefully bonkers <laughs> it was. This is a movie that knows exactly what it is. Oh, like yeah. Like, at one point, you know, they take a squash body and the, the female mad scientist is just rolling it up like a... <laughs> like a towel. Like a towel. <laughs> <laughs> This movie knows exactly what it is, and the compositing is horrible. Wow. Like when she starts playing charades with the T-Rex. <laughs> she starts playing charades. Sounds like brain pointing at my bracelet. Michael gave me that. Michael? Michael's? Oh, my God. God. <laughs> Michael's brain? Uh, oh, oh. And then when we saw the when we saw the camera rig in the reflection of oh the car, God, yes. and we both like pointed Whoa. at it and looked at each other and said like what the hell? <laughs> Very obviously the camera rig going by the car. Oh, but Paul Walker was pretty. Yeah. He and was, he was young. He was very young. I still find Denise Richards' lips distracting, and I still feel like even she doesn't know what to do with them. They're like, like they're so big and full that she's like, I don't know how to move these and what they're supposed to do. And so the sort of resting default is just they're sort of out. <laughs> she's she's got them permanently deployed. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. I don't know what more to say about that movie. Like, seriously? Yeah, that's a hell of a thing. And the Dear listeners, are... it was the R-rated cut that hasn't been seen. Well, it wasn't released theatrically. It was PG-13 when it was in theaters. So this is the full movie that we saw <laughs> restored in 4K. <laughs> they made... It looked gorgeous. They it's made a terrible. 4K restoration so Why? that when they have the shitty computer graphic of oh the dinosaur God. walking it looks oh extra God. shitty it's a 4k restoration oh and when i God. say that it's extra shitty i mean it makes it extra better yes. like that yes. moment when they have the terrible cg is just so delightful i love they turned it into a 4k thank god for you vinegar syndrome and yes you were doing the lord's work and and it's apparently Tanny and the T-Rex with ends. Tanny and the Teenage T-Rex. Tanny and the Teenage T-Rex, as per the title screen. Except that it's marketed everywhere as Tammy. Tammy. And I'm pretty sure it's Tammy in the dialogue. Yeah. Well, Melissa, I don't, I don't know how to break it to you, but I don't know that this was the most well-thought-out production. I'm shocked to hear you say that. <laughs> shocked, I tell you. 
I have taken so shocked. many pictures of these little T-Rexes. <laughs> oh, and we got uh, free dinosaur gummies from the draft house when we... Yes! Yeah, so oh, yeah. That was fun, too. It was only two of them, though. I wanted more gummies. Okay, is the one eating the other, or are they French kissing? It's hard to know. That is deep-throating <laughs> each other. <laughs> this is like some uh, Don Don Hertzfeld shit going on there, right? Y- yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I can see through time! <laughs> All right, anyway, dear listeners. I am feeling fat. And sassy. sassy. Next up, Blood Machines. Next up, Blood Machines. We're going in for Blood Machines next. Our our last movie in the night. And it promises to be totally whacked out. I am very pleased. And Wendy is back to taking photos of her dinosaurs. I Yes. Well, one of them is yours and I will share, but... I know. They, it makes me happy. <laughs> All right. All right, dear listeners. We'll be back when after we've seen... Blood machines. <laughs> well, well, back. welcome back, dear listeners. Oh boy. Okay. The, the wow. times we have had. The times we have had. So, <laughs> so Taika Waititi's here, still, still, and he's like sure hanging out over there. Immediately after we recorded our last bit, we ran into Taika Waititi. And he gave us huge hugs, and, and we he, have a picture with him, and I'm still a little, what? What What happened? And and um, I think your name is Whitney now. It is, by the way, Whitney now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we went in, and we saw Blood Machines. Yes, we did. <laughs> I, I, okay, so Blood okay. Machines is the Kickstarter film that happened because of a music video. Yes. Um, uh What's it, Brute? Carpenter Brute. Carpenter Brute is the music group, and uh, they made this musical vi- music video called Turbo Killer, although when the French lady said it, it sounded like tubercular. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's amazing. And yeah. the synth and, and wave of it. And you can see it. it. You can see it. You can go out and Google uh, or, or, you know, go out on YouTube Turbo Killer, Carpenter Brute, and it will come up. And you should definitely do that. Yes, because it's, it's great. It's a great music video. Um, and so this is their further exploration of that world. So I was expecting, because of the music video, something a little bit more like a dance party, honestly. Yeah. And this was a lot more just French. French bizarro sci-fi. Lots I, of naked ladies. Lots of nipples. Lots of I nipples. I mean, to be fair... Um, to be fair. There's no genitalia, but right. a, lot of, a lot of nipples. There's a lot of nipples. And butt crack. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did get to see Turbo Killer before it started, which was great. Yes. But there were also two shorts. Yes. Before oh the film. Because uh, Blood Machines is only like 50, 45, 50 minutes long. So yeah, they put if that. They, so yeah. they put two shorts in front of it. And the vi- music video. Yeah, which was smart. Um, so the first short was Spice Frontier. Spice Frontier, animated. Which was really just charming. Yeah, so this intergalactic chef um, <laughs> is, is cruising the universe trying to find Earth spices. And, you know, it just it's a simple little thing where, you know, he docks in a... He's kind of bumbling and he, he docks in an abandoned aquarium... Space because aquarium. he is seeking, he's seeking salt. Sea, sea salt. Yeah, and so and then you know hijinks ensue, and 
it's beautifully animated. Oh yeah, really it's well done. Really well made. The production values on it were excellent. And then, and then the it's so hot. Second one is docking. <laughs> it's it's really a one trick pony, but wow! But it's done. What a trick! It is done so per- like I. The the references with the graphics mm-hmm. and the with the camera angles and the lighting and of course the music yep. it is referencing specifically Alien but also yeah. all of like all of those big space movies and the timing is perfect the timing and the pace is perfect so that when you get the final musical sting I just could not stop the whole audience was roaring. Yeah. Oh my god. So yeah, it, it's just it says docking, there's a star field, there's like a preliminary little sentence or two of narration and then giant space chip penis. Space penis. Space penis going through space. It's a giant penis. It's just a and we're not it is a photorealistic penis. It doesn't yeah, there's it's a no space penis. there's no scrotum just, so there's no hair. Like, because it's just yeah, it's just the penis, yeah, floating through space and meeting up with another giant space penis, <laughs> and they and they slowly, slowly approach, boop boop, <laughs> and then the foreskin of one <laughs> crawls like, over the other, crawls over the other, and then there's this musical sting, <laughs> whoa, and. I and credits, could, and that's and I it. Could not stop laughing. <laughs> yeah, it was that the audience just went nuts. And then, then it was the music video, and then blood and then machines. blood machines. And blood machines is there is a story there, and it did thread the very fine needle for me because I am I get annoyed when. There is the pretense of a narrative, but the narrative is not, it's not thought out or Mm -hmm. you're being so coy about what, what actually happened that I'm left sitting there going, but what the fuck was going on? What happened? Then I get frustrated and this threaded that very fine needle that it isn't clear what was happening, but I still feel satisfied and understand what happened. Yeah. Like I understand the symbolism and and the, of it all without needing to be really concrete about mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, and yeah, it's really cool. And the the visuals are oh, just tremendous. The world building and the, the art design. The art design is fantastic. It it's it rehashes sci-fi design in a really interesting way like it's these are like design tropes I have not seen yeah I mean you can see you can be like well it's kind of a little Blade Runner but and, but it's a little a little geeker here a little, geek, a little, a little steampunk there but a little bit of Mobius you know it, it, but, but but then also a little bit of like Lovecraftian Carpenter yeah yeah and, but I mean, right down to I think I think it like boils down to like it, the one thing I can describe being now that is something I've never seen before is the just the ship. Did, okay, 
one of the ships is named Tracy. The AI in the ship is named Tracy, and she's kind of represented by this metal female-ish body with a head on top. But it looks it, a lot like the like the figurehead of a ship. Yeah, and and also kind of like Maria from Metropolis. Yeah, but this metal the the head what would be the head on this metal masthead it looks like a mannequin it looks like a mannequin head. and she's got glowing green eyes but the she doesn't swivel her head there's a swivel between the eyes and the nose so like the top half of the head can spin around 360 degrees for the eyes to see around but everything else is fixed in space so it's the visual of that was great, yeah. and especially when it turned all the way around, and yeah. the way the back part of the neck wiring still looked weirdly like a mouth. Yeah, like but kind of like a skull. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and so it's like who, the the art design department on this thing was really looking for new things to do with. Well, and the design of the blaster was amazing. Yeah. So he would shoot this blaster, and what would happen is when he would shoot it, the the blast would, like, it would last. It would just hang in the air for a bit. Yeah. In, on the course that it was going, and then just slowly fade away. But while it was there and visible, it could still hurt you for, like, three seconds after. Yeah, and it was, like a flat beam it was yeah. like a knife blade almost yeah like really really wide and thin it yeah. was it was really, yeah just bizarre design choices like that that are so great and they managed to pull off a very like 1980s practical effects look with like cloud tanks and stuff like that but I'm pretty sure it's all CGI probably yeah I mean, I mean Lord knows the credits had a lot of CGI houses yeah that was a lot of CGI but they managed to you know the disguise the, the, the CGI the aesthetic was it, it felt like there everything existed in actual space yeah and I, it, I found it to be very Intriguing, yeah. The look of the the film. It was, yeah. I really liked it. I really liked it. It wasn't quite what I was expecting, but it was a good midnight movie, and it was oh, a it hell was of an end to our first day. It was really great. Uh, and we're both super tired and like, let's just go home. And then we've literally stood outside for another hour just because there are amazing oh, people yeah. around. And how do you not talk to them? And Taika Waititi is still here. Like he's still standing or sitting, sitting in the same spot where we saw him like three hours ago. And I'm still trying to figure out who his handler is because surely somebody is somebody, somebody is, is responsible uh, for him, right? Apparently, there was like a black van waiting for him to take him back to shelter, and apparently he was just sitting there flipping them off until they went away. So. Like, no, I'm not leaving. You can't make me. Go away he's now. Just been, I think he's and up. he's just sitting and talking to whoever comes up. Yeah. Like, he's, he's giving like travel recommendations to New Zealand to people we know. <laughs> South Island is apparently... That's where you want to go. That's where you want to go. All right, so so, uh, we're going to wrap up day one. Yes, and uh, so we will do that, and we have... 
probably five or six things to watch tomorrow, and uh-huh. we will be back to talk about those on the next day. Ding, ding. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome.